What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Burn After Noticing, the Burn Notice podcast that's, hey, now part of the Buzzcast Network. We love to hear it. Buzz, buzz, everybody. Wow, this is the first episode since the announcement, the beautiful announcement of a week. You know, every day of last week, they announced the show, and we were fortunate enough. We were sitting on that info for a few days, but it's out there officially. Buzz the suspense was killing me. Uh, yeah, exactly. I was like, when are they going to do it? Are they going to save the best for last? And I mean, you know, they saved the best for the middle, which is like all the good stuff in a sandwich, you know? If we're having a you know, podcast network sandwich, we'd be like the prime quarter pound of beef. Yes, unfortunately, they didn't know, um, announce Burn After Noticing after uh, your Kickstarter sucks, but uh, maybe next time. <laughs> we, we maybe next well, time yeah, we we'll be able to go on here. after YKS. We don't want to overshadow your Kickstarter sucks, you know? Yeah, totally. We, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm very happy that we're helping this little podcast, YKS, uh, launch. I'm, I'm glad we're helping them get off the ground, get them some exposure. It's what we do it, you know? We do it for the little people. We do it for the other. We, we, it's like a charity organization. We want to lift you up to, you know, the trickle-down effect. Much like Michael Weston, we do it for the little guy. Oh, we're, we're we have the podcasters of the heart of gold. Hearts of gold here at Burn After Noticing. That's right. No, oh, and this is also the first uh, episode. Well, first off, I'm Josh, by the way, and I'm Paul. <laughs> That's who we are. Uh, in case you guys uh, didn't listen to our previous episodes, which hey, go back and listen to the other episodes, guys. They're fun. Yeah, you're, it's like wandering into an, a show like this uh, without having seen the first two episodes. You might be a little confused. We're here to clear up all that confusion. There's a lot to get into, and we have brought someone along this week to uh, come on the Burn Notice journey with us. We do. This is our first guest here, uh, the first guest after the Buzzcast, but uh, you know he's been on a, another Buzzcast Network show, the Bobby Horror Picture Show. He's at Inquisitive Dick on Twitter. It's Benedict Turdsman. Turdsman, what's going on? Thanks for coming. Buzz, buzz. Thank you both, gentlemen. I appreciate it. Yeah, we're happy to have you. The first uh, Buzzcast Network edition um, for a guest, which is exciting. Um, thank you for joining us. And we were going to quickly ask as well uh, your familiarity with Burn to Notice and maybe just USA or basic cable shows in general. Yeah, I uh, I knew of the show when it came out in 07. And I think I watched the first episode at the time and I, I liked it. But for whatever reason... I just didn't keep watching. I've I've watched, you know, a handful of USA shows like uh I guess like Mr. Robot I've seen some of and that show Royal Pains, which kind of in a way is kind of similar to Burn Notice or vice versa in kind yeah, of the I way feel it, like, uh, the structure Royal of Pains it. Pains definitely is like a spiritual sister show to like Burn Notice. I think they're all kind of in that family with like uh psych and monk and suits and i kind of feel like all of those are in like this nebulous like usa characters welcome family of shows no i i i'm sorry i was just gonna say it's funny you say like characters welcome but i couldn't fucking tell you a name of a character outside of (laughs) monk baby because it's in the goddamn name well we know michael weston and sam axe and uh fiona irish last name fiona applegate Mm mm-hmm yeah. Is that really yeah. her last name? No, no. that's a, her name. Okay, wait, I got it. It's Fiona Glen Ann. Yeah, of course. It, yeah, Fiona Glen Ann. Yeah, that would have been oh, my second her, guess. Is that really her like character last name? Yes, Fiona Irish last name. Oh boy, <laughs> Fiona Mcshillaly. Mcshillaly, yeah, Fiona Blarney Stone. <laughs> Fiona alcoholism. No, wait, that's Sam X. Sorry. <laughs> he takes care of that Irish uh, tradition. I think her middle. I'm seeing right now. Her middle name is Potato. Oh, oh. <laughs> so that's interesting. Yikes. Oh, wow. 
was Jameson or something. <laughs> Guinness something, I don't know. Fiona Catholic Guilt Glen Ann. All right. <laughs> Fiona, I officially and well, summarily apologize for everything I just well, said. Well, we can make some assumptions about Fiona's religious practices because we find out um, who Fiona was working for prior to being in Miami in this episode. And, oh, boy, is it cool. Oh, boy, yeah. There's a, she's... I swear to God, like a uh, little character moments every time we see her just be a psycho, and at least once in every episode. Well, characters are welcome here, and Fiona is certainly a character. And there's a lot to talk about involving Fiona on this episode. Uh, I'm very excited to get into that. First, let's uh, let's recap that recap. Yeah, the re. Well, I mean, it, it, I didn't go back to verify, but this felt like the exact same recap that they did for episode two, right? I think it was just about with a couple of things cut in from episode two as well. And I think what they're doing is, um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Firefly. I got any Firefly heads here? Any any any, uh, any Whedon esques? Whedon versers? Oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but it's kind of like that Firefly opening that has Nathan Fillion talking really really fast about like the whole show, like really get you up to speed in like 20 seconds and that's what this show does if you've never seen burn notice and that's what i was going to ask you turdsman watching the recap and just getting in and not really knowing the show like did it do enough for you to kind of be up to speed of like okay i get what this is about yeah for sure i if i've learned anything watching this show is that you don't you can probably sit get in on literally any episode and pretty quickly you'll figure out what's going on yeah, definitely. It's pretty procedurally driven, which uh, we've kind of noticed. And, we, and uh, you kind of get that story of the week, that character of the week with that, like the theme kind of pushing through. But yeah, that recap is designed specifically so you know all the other story stuff uh, going into that uh, that one watch. Yeah, it's, it's funny because the I think we even called it out maybe last episode. And this is it, it's following a pattern. The pattern is becoming clear as we go along because it's like the recap shows the overarching plot line. The entire episode really doesn't do anything major to forward that, like, burn notice plot line, other than, like, a little bit in the middle and then right at the end. I think this episode did more for that than the previous two, and later on we'll talk about why, because there's a scene I know you and I both want to really get into, Josh. Uh, We'll save that towards the end. Oh, boy. But they did more for it, and actually, we're talking a lot about Fiona. Fiona did more for it than anything, I think, in this episode. She was kind of the linchpin to, like, uh, for a lot of story development in this episode. Uh, Plus, just being her regular, incredibly horny sociopathic self. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so yeah the you know the the song sweet but psycho she's nothing sweet she's 100 percent psycho yeah she's just got murder on her mind consistently all she wants to do is kill and fuck it, it really gives another another dynamic to the will they won't they because that could be you know like murder fuck kill stab <laughs> no, all whatever it. it's will they won't they or will they ever or won't they ever it's amazing yeah hey fiona fuck mary kill she's just like yes <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. As she's wrote, barely affecting emotion, yeah. Yeah, I think I wrote twice during my notes, just please fuck Fiona. Like, I, think I was just like, just get it over with. <laughs> Spoiler alert, Michael Weston still doesn't fuck. Uh, we want him to fuck so bad. We want somebody yeah, to we fuck. We really need Michael already. Weston to get laid, because Sam Max seems to be doing all of his fucking off camera, which is also a crime in itself. Let me just protest that Sam Max should be getting more sex scenes. We know he's getting laid. He talks scenes. about it all the time. Yeah, he um he definitely has that BDE. I'll give him that. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> I mean, and that's not even acting. That's just Bruce Campbell. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I don't. It's just I'm half fucking. Ca- 
I'm half convinced Bruce Campbell doesn't even know he's in a show. <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> really just put the camera on. <laughs> yeah. Hey, they said there were going to be free drinks here if I called you Michael. It's it's just him, all the outtakes are him wonder, asking why they're calling him Sam. <laughs> right, he's just like, that's not my name. <laughs> I'm just going with it because they handed me a mojito. Oh, fuck it. I'll take this Bloody Mary. <laughs> Which he might have talked um, a little bit about like actual outtakes. It's funny because like the outtakes on this show are like not funny. And like usually like blooper reels and outtakes, like usually you hear like the cast and the crew join in and laugh. It's like totally devoid of that. It's really weird if you watch them. Yeah, it is weird. But I've, if you actually and I've, I've watched some like interviews with uh, with Bruce Campbell, and, like doing comic cons. He does a lot of conventions and stuff and he'll do a lot of panels. And uh, he's like the the stories he tells. I don't know if it's just because it's Bruce Campbell or not, but they sound very fun and interesting. Like it sounds like he had a really great time. <laughs> I don't know about anybody else, but he was always having fun. You know, I'm I met him once. Really? What? Yes. Uh, he was oh, at. Wow. Please tell. Yeah. Well, it was I was in college. I was a freshman in college. Freshman in college, and he was promoting his, uh, I guess, autobiography, "If Chins Could Kill," and he came by our college and talked. And <laughs> that's a great title. Got on, I know it's pretty amazing. And he got on stage, and he was just like he was just bullshitting in the most delightfully Bruce Campbell way. And you know they say about like you know don't meet your heroes. He's that guy where you know exactly who he is, and he's exactly that. He's he's great. Yeah, he's just a really nice dude. I really I, I can it. totally see that. Like as a pro wrestling fan, like you see like especially like the guys who you know are a little older, like the old school guys who are like you know making their money doing the convention circuits and doing the interviews and all that stuff now. Um, you see like the best of them, like their common quality is they're just very effortlessly charismatic and good storytellers yes. and can kind of just, they're very disarming and can just always tell, like can make the most mundane stuff sound fun. And Bruce Campbell absolutely has that quality and it definitely shows on screen too. Like to your point, he is barely fucking acting. It's funny. <laughs> and that's the great thing is like, it's probably better than it would have been if he really went for it, you know, yeah, cause absolutely. he's just, he's just so is himself in the best way possible. And I can't see anyone else playing that role. Totally agree. A hundred percent agree. He's kind of the X factor of this show. I mean, somebody has to be entertaining on the show because like Donovan <laughs> is, I mean, <laughs> he's, he's just so like, I'm an asshole. Let me do my kind of like, like noir detective voiceover. And I'm annoyed by this really hot woman who wants to either fuck me or kill me. Probably one while doing the other. But it's, you know, it's, he's, he's the straight man to everybody. He's the enforcer guy. And Bruce Campbell is the, uh, you know, lovable drunk. Very lovable. And honestly, he's been, I think for both of us, the, as you said, Paul, the X Factor and the reason why we're probably going to like the show. Although, as we will get into later, there might be, it might be like uh, Michael Weston coming around and being a little, uh, endearing to us. Yeah, there so. was a scene that Donovan definitely got right in this one. And, like, you know, to, we were talking about Michael Weston's personality traits. Another one that really <laughs> shows through and did in this episode is just his disdain for the women in his life who love him. Like, <laughs> yeah. Fiona like, and his mom just love him very much and want the best for him, and he's just a fucking dick. He's, he's really, I feel like by the end of probably even the first season, let alone the show, he'll probably be the best sighing actor in the world. That's he really good does it so well. <laughs> Just yeah, he's like my, the best uh, put upon. Like, oh my, oh fuck my life, guy. Yeah. 
And he's really yeah, good yeah. at it, you know? Yeah. Oh, my chosen life as a spy is <laughs> yeah. so fucking hard, you guys. God. It's a tough life in Miami surrounded by hot women and a mom who seems to be hell-bent on smoking everywhere. Absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, she is watching her health. She does yoga and she eats salads. So oh, you know, salads, we, we, we wish all the best you know? <laughs> uh, for Mrs. Weston. <laughs> so we, uh, we, we do our recap. We get the opening. We get the spies are a bunch of bitchy little girls, Michael. Line. They get so my, so much mileage out of that. <laughs> Love that line. It's everywhere. Um, then we get our little uh, little uh, upbeat, wicka wicka scratch drone shot opening. <laughs> <laughs> the music in this show, man, just never fails. I try not to let it do what they want it to do, and which is just be background noise. I, I like I per, I want just a loop of their stupid music. Yeah, well, I mean, I would say that the music is better than Michael's opening line, which is some like really overwritten line about how international hotels attract spies for the same reason bars attract hookers. You can oh, do business Jesus, and yes. drink for free. What the fuck is that? What is that line? His spy platitudes are off the rails sometimes, and that was probably the worst one. But yeah, he, I can he just said, imagine the person in front of their... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just say he seems like... He says those lines, too, with all the confidence of... This is a thing we all say, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's the, like I can imagine the the writer like in front of his 2007 like iMac with the orange plastic back <laughs> writing this and just typing and just oh fucking nailed it, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, what's I worse what though is, is like. this... I imagine that dude that whoever the you know the writer of it does the thing where they write the thing and and he's takes like a sip of scotch like he just accomplished it except he doesn't drink scotch so he's like coughing after he drinks it i'm just like this is what we do we're men <laughs> yep. he wakes up and tries to drink the sam x uh vodka airplane shot in a can of tomato juice bloody mary and just can't finish like more than a third of it and then he, <laughs> he's like puking every morning and it shoots out his nose because he's not used to the alcohol yeah just oh oh man oh oh that's the good stuff Put some hair on your chest, Michael. Oh, the life of a spy. Spies do, Michael. <laughs> so we get we get our, our opening narration, as we always do, and uh, Michael needs to go see somebody, and uh, Fiona immediately wants to go in and just start fucking shooting in broad daylight. Right, she's the, she's the wrecking ball. She's like, fuck this, uh, what traditional spy espionage. I just want to, like, go in and shoot everybody and then just grab a file and leave. Yeah, all Fiona wants to do is shoot people and make out, and you know what? I get it. I feel like it's, she's just hell bent on being deported. And also, it's hot as fuck. <laughs> she <laughs> well, maybe her visa's expiring. I mean, so she's I, doing that. Whatever. Well, maybe that's why she's doing the American accent. That explains a lot of why she's inexplicably American after the pilot. Oh uh, well, okay. I I did watch that part of the second episode because I did watch that first episode where she was violently irish in her accent <laughs> violently and it was really and it was really hard to take and i'm like oh man but i love the fact that like okay this is what the difference between a pilot and the episode after the you know they get picked up the second episode and then she just drops it with a i mean this is where i live i need to be like this and i'm like you know what they didn't even try to explain it they didn't try to you know just like they know it needs to end we know you know that i know you know you know like they they were just like, fuck it. She's doing this now. Yeah, I'm, we, we've t- touched on it a little bit, but not really deep. Like, why she, like, I know they, they wrote one line about it, but, like, 
really why is she not Irish anymore? Like we just decided, and it has to be because the pilot had some sort of like uh, focus group thing, right? Oh, probably. Like I didn't see the airing dates of like to where maybe there was a gap and then they kind of, well, even it doesn't matter the airing date. You're right. They probably got the pilot, got some test feedback. And then before the second episode, I don't know. I guess we would have to see the shooting schedule. Well, Josh, we know it was long enough for Sharon Glass to change her hair like dramatically. (laughs) Right. Yeah. His mom, mom's total different hairstyle. And then that funny throwaway line, because like I think it was in the second episode, but she's like, well, I'm in America, so I might as well sound like an American. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, She changed up her bloody well to sound like a freaking leprechaun. (laughs) And even that was subtle by comparison to what she did. Like it was not good. And she even justified like that's how she changed her wardrobe up, but like you can clear, you can see that they got notes from the studio saying, "Hey, uh, you don't have to do like bikini and exterior shot interstitials before every scene that occurs." <laughs> What's funny about about uh, Gabrielle Anwar's um, Irish accent for the first episode and and a piece um, is that. She is not Irish at all. She is uh, she is British Indian, and she is from like poshy, like rich Northern England. So like this is her very xenophobic portrayal of what Irish people sound like. Look, it was for better or worse, it was a choice. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> Makes it even out. better. This show is about accents. It's got a, we got a lot of accent work. Um, we, we there were some great. There wasn't a lot of accents in this one. There, no, there was no uh, NYC Guido voice guy uh, accents in this one. But uh, yeah, he didn't have to hide his identity, so we didn't get any more fun. We did get a we did get a vaguely Russian type dude. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had some of that, but that was really about it. So uh, Michael completes his little job. He gets a little information on a guy he wants to talk to by you know being a smooth talking operator and then getting caught and immediately just running away. <laughs> that was his uh, smooth spy work was just fucking running as fast as he could and then trying doors that don't open <laughs> yep and then jumping off a building and that's how we get into our uh, our little opening burn notice tag oh, but we did get a bunch of freeze frames while running you know we those love artistic the freeze, frames. freeze frames let me ask you turdsman did you think that the video was skipping during all the freeze frames and the action sequences in this show well seeing as i already had internet problems that didn't make me feel any like i thought it was like oh okay it's just not doing streaming well on Hulu. And then I realized, oh, that's a choice. And yeah, I, you know, it's weird because this show exists in the pre whatever you want to call it, golden age of TV, as some people call it, you know, so it's like to get on TV, you didn't have to be kind of, I guess anything gets on TV now with everything, all the streamers, but you know, things didn't have to be as quality, I guess. So they were kind of kitschy. And different, you know, and there wasn't as much competition, but that it's a, I don't understand why they did it, but I mean, they did it. So more power to them. <laughs> that. And also, as you brought up, because you were like watching on Hulu, this was a show that like, well, this was bef- prior to Netflix, prior to any of the streaming ones. So maybe they didn't anticipate that in the future as you know, us watching it on a streaming service would think that our fucking internet connections bad. I will say this. There is two other instances I've seen that many freeze frames in um, an action sequence, and they were both directed by Martin Scorsese. Oh, The so Departed yeah, has a bunch of freeze frames in their like, shootout scene at the end. Right. Oh, is that the anti-Marvel guy, right? The guy who hates Marvel? Yes, the, uh, the, the evil bad man who hate yeah. my comic movie <laughs> and make me mad. So um, burn notice the cinema then? 
Yes, Bird Notice is absolutely cinema. It's facts. You can ask Marty about it. And the other time, which um, I, I've been watching some prestige TV on my uh, my non-podcasting time, and uh, recently <laughs> I've been late night watching Boardwalk Empire. <laughs> oh, I could, I've seen every episode of that show. I could fucking do a podcast about Boardwalk Empire. That show is just, what is it? Who is it for? What does it mean? Like, it's just, it's an inexplicable show. Genuinely want to know, like, how. But the pilot was directed by Martin Scorsese, and there's a shootout with a lot of freeze frames in it. Yeah. That's yeah, a... it's it's not a great it's it's freeze frames aren't great for uh action scenes. Yeah, they're uh, they're strange. Like, I mean, I guess it's a, it's a it's, I mean, it's such an obvious crutch when you like just can't show people getting like their chest plates shot off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But like, yeah. So we uh we get past uh Michael's little information scene. He comes back into his apartment where Fiona is waiting, doing that same pose that she does every time they uh, they bring her on camera, showing her ass. Basically, yep, it's the it's the on the stomach with the feet popping up, very Dan Schneider. Uh, we got we got <laughs> the feet in the scene, <laughs> and uh, they uh, talk. Fiona wants a key. She Fiona. wants that key for the shitty apartment that is loud at night. <laughs> yep, it's above a nightclub. But gentlemen, it's what the key symbolizes. Am I right? It's true. There is you know, there is the deeper their... meaning to this key, and we're gonna again we this one this is why this I mean this is the best episode so far because it does have this through line, and and the key does represent something that we kind of do address throughout this episode. Can I can I point out it's one bit of trivia? Rekindling the relationship. Can, yeah. There's one bit of trivia on the. There are two bits of trivia that are really funny to me, but this is the thing that I read before having watched a single second of the show. And it made me laugh out, like, laugh out loud. And it's that the trivia is, in nearly every episode, somebody eats yogurt in Michael's loft. Yes. Yeah, we found that out, too, when we were doing research for okay. the show before we started. We were, Apparently, yogurt is a meme for the show. Yeah, That's, yogurt's a very popular burn notice thing. It's incredible. It's just, I like, it's a, this show is all about choices. Absolutely. And there's a great, I mean, there's a great Bruce Campbell scene later on the episode where he just fucking straight eats the yogurt with no spoon. Is that this one or is that later? I think that's later. Oh, yeah, I think it's later. Just the no spoon. He just sees it. He's like, there's no spoon. I don't need one. And he just, I mean, you know, Sam Axe with his wonderful top notch pussy eating skills just fucking gets (laughs) that thing out of there. Tongues the yogurt. Gets that thing out of there like it's a fucking jello shot at a frat party. He swirls his finger around to loosen it up first. <laughs> if there was he ever any even question, need it, Michael. Answering the age-old question: Does this guy fuck? And the fuck? answer, emphatically, is yes. Well, when doesn't so, he? Like, what, <laughs> That's do yeah. That? The real question is: When does Sam X not fuck? It's pretty much when he's on camera. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say when we do the um, burn notice watch party, we'll have to have like the room where people throw spoons on screen when they see spoons. We'll have people throw yogurt at the screen every time yogurt is shown. <laughs> <laughs> so after we after we get our we fuel up on yogurt, it is time yeah. for Michael Weston to get to work, and he is conveniently met by some by his by his quest giver. He gets a uh, Oleg shows up with an exclamation point above his head. <laughs> and uh, and he's got a quest. He's got a side quest for our boy Michael Weston. Right. Uh, first, and I don't know. You probably noticed this, Terzman. You noticed that those lower thirds coming in whenever we got a character. Yes. Yes, I did notice that. It's. They so love it, a lower third. This show is very subtle. 
had they not done it for his character before either? I'm That's probably, the like, thing, Josh, is they have. They absolutely yeah. have. This is his <laughs> second lower thirding. Thank you. I'm not crazy. <laughs> you are not crazy. They've literally lower thirded this guy in twice. He has more lower third graphics than the main characters of the show. <laughs> And you know what? It doesn't work on me. I still didn't know his fucking name. Like, like <laughs> they, I guess maybe they they thought like, oh, people, we're gonna drill it in their heads. So these characters, you know, they're welcome, and you're gonna know them. His name is Oleg, and I know this because it's not Boris, and there are only two names for Russians on TV. So <laughs> that's very true. Actually. Very true. <laughs> so I, uh, by by using my very, uh, I, I've also watched Sherlock, so I know about deductive reasoning. The Benedict Cumberbatch one, it's for some smart, high IQ people. Wow, you're um, going to be a detective and a spy by the end of this show. Damn right I am. I'm, I'm absorbing all of this knowledge so I can have a future career. Not for the CIA, but you It's know, like when um, people who like watch Investigation Discovery, and then they make memes like, don't piss me off because I've watched murder shows and I'll know how to kill it and make it look like you did it. Yep, and it's got Tweety Bird holding like a revolver with the smoke coming <laughs> and trailing a, and a out of it. Hat. Yeah. And then I just reply with the Willy Wonka meme. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, Dr. Evil going, right. Jeez, the meme wars are in- intense lately. I mean, I like to consider myself a, a bit of a memester myself. <laughs> I'm a, a real meme, meme lord. Meme lord. <laughs> well, it doesn't involve... But doesn't involve a prestige director who is anywhere between 60 and 115 talking about Marvel movies. I don't care. Yeah, Martin Scorsese is going to pivot to being a meme smith. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know he's a guy who says meme. <laughs> meme yeah. Oh, oh they're looking at these memes. <laughs> well, it's a meme. What are we talking about? I think there's like a 30-minute interlude in The Irishman where they talk about memes. <laughs> God, I hope that's true. I mean, that would that make, were true? Uh, there's well, if there's 30 minutes about memes in the Irishman, there's still four hours left of the rest of the movie. So <laughs> exactly, <laughs> I'm still gonna watch it. I can't oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited. No cap. Well, speaking of mobsters, too, we find out that the the uh, uh, the waitress that Oleg employs at the nightclub hasn't shown up to work because she's got some uh, dirt on some Colombian gang members where they fucking nail a rat to her door. Hey man, you gotta send a message again. This show is very subtle. We're all about subtext. Well, and she's played by Michelle Pfeiffer's sister. Dee Dee Pfeiffer. Dee Dee Pfeiffer is our, uh, our TV. That's our, that's our TV recurring character of the week. I was wondering who it was going to be. Um, this show loves to do that. We love to have like a, like a TV character actor or like a, Hey, you know that person from somewhere as your, uh, as your like, uh, Michael's protagonist uh, job person or the bad guy. God, I, I, like I can't even be happy anymore. Like, I, like for like no name actors because they're just they just know other famous people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh cool. You know, like, let Dee Dee Pfeiffer cook. And you know what? I thought she did a great job in this episode. I thought she. I was thought very she was good. good. Yeah, I thought she no, was honestly, good. I thought yeah. the daughter was really good. They both got lower thirds. Kara, the client, Sophie, the daughter, <laughs> got their right. lower thirds. They got those, and of course, um, Sophie plays the stereotypical. Um, uh, whatever mom like very uh, arrogant child yep, angsty high school everything. senior who is mad that her personal life is being interrupted by her mom uh, being tracked down by the cartel <laughs> you know, <the laughs> how dare Miami you mom house, like, try to report an assault attempted murder and do the right thing and then uh, encroach on me going to the spring formal right yeah I wanted to go to the prom or whatever it was and I love to when, um, you know, Michael Weston reaches out and meets with them and talks to them about their problems. The daughter, first thing, she's just like, so are you going to help? Yeah, she's <laughs> like, are you going to help me or not? <laughs> Whatever. 
I like the idea that a teenager doesn't understand the gravity of murder. But right, she... they fucking nailed a rat to your door, you. <laughs> but that's idiot? the point of this like, episode. This There's, we got morals and messages in this episode, uh, folks, and uh, you know, Sophie's gonna learn a lesson along the way. So we Ooh, find out true. that uh, so Dee Dee Pfeiffer is gonna report this this Colombian dude who like assaulted a pizza man for uh, for a fender bender, but he turns out he's in the cartel, so now they're just gonna kill her. And so now Michael's gonna help, um, but not before he has to go see his mom. Because Fiona wants uh, him to ask his mom for his dad's old charger. Got to get that. So that's Dodge like the charger. point of. I love how these are like people in their late thirties, and she's just like, "Can you please go ask your mom for your dad's car for me?" That's like the <laughs> big. That's the big uh, conflict of that they have going on right now. I also so like he, how the sentence of Fiona gets Michael to go talk to his chain smoking mom about getting the charger. Is a sentence that is true. Very cheap. No, that, that's this. That's their lives. That's what they're yeah. about. She kind of act like I, I thought the mom was gonna want something, but she just—I mean, she was just happy that I guess it was the connection to his dad. So she was just like, "Here you go." Yeah, this was the freebie. We know that mom likes to. Uh, she's a bit manipulative. I mean, you know, Michael has learned some of his spy tendencies from somewhere. The apple doesn't fall too far, and so this was a little bit different of her. But, of course, Michael comes in real hot of the narration. He's like, just like a Russian mob boss, if you go ask for a favor. Like, he's just immediately comparing his... So we've heard, we've had his mom, him compare his mom to war criminals, um, drug dealers, and now Russian mob bosses. Uh, all things he's compared his own mother to. Well... And not gonna, I'm just going to say this. His mom's fucking cool. She is. She's I cool. <laughs> Smoking is cool. Yeah, she comes in and she's like, he's like, she's like, I'm making a salad. I'm trying to get healthy. As she's like dropping the cigarette into the fucking salad, it's a, it's a good line. It was funny. <laughs> so, he talks to his mom about the charger and uh, gets the uh, list of spark plugs and has a little banter about how he, him and his dad didn't get along. So we right, get some of that. He's dead, like, uh, and then he's basically like, "I don't want." To. Is this? I think she says to like, just, just go visit his grave. That would make me happy. Yes, and he says, "Of course, I'll think about it." Like, I don't know, maybe kind of fuck him, whatever. One, you know what? One thing about this show, though, is that the father was, by all accounts, like, like physically abusive. His last words were, "I'll see you in hell, boy." Piece of shit, and the mom is just like, "That's your father." You know he, what, look, though? Look this what is got, accurate. Like, look where you Families are, now. are fucked up and dysfunctional and weird and apologetic for stupid shit. I think they're kind of, these are some of the things I think they get right. Like, it's something like, you know, even, and especially like with dead people, like the reverence for the dead. And even though, like, you, you know, and, and the stories we kind of tell about people after they're gone, I think that kind of, that does something that kind of, I think, does connect. You know, whether they be international spies, it doesn't matter. They're just like us. Yeah, but well, even, you if know, we, even if we have a heavy moment, it's always going to be followed up with some like upbeat like uh, organ music, and then like some. I know for me, as somebody with Al Capone as his grandfather, you really do kind of see the good <laughs> side of them. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Look how now you know how to evade taxes like a pro. I mean, yeah, we don't talk about somewhere. that on podcasts, but yes, yes. You gotta learn from somewhere. Family <laughs> <laughs> traditions. <laughs> what right. you get burn notice on your taxes. <laughs> Man. And we we find too that the car it doesn't even fucking work. Nope, it's a piece of shit that his dad didn't even finish. It could be cool. I gotta say, I like old Chargers, so I saw this. I was like, ooh, this could be a very cool car. 
Just needs some new spark plugs, apparently, because his dad was wiring it crazy, because his dad is a... Basically, it sounded like a con artist thief who would get his child, as you had said, Turdsman, he's an asshole, abusive, he would just have his kid go into these illicit activities. My, uh, my mom's stepdad used to do that with all of uh, his kids and stepkids, would like have the kids go run interference while he would like steal clothes and like meat from markets and shit. He'd have the kids like sneaking roast beefs like under their clothes and shit like that. Oh wow! Wow! Yeah, yeah. He was like a, yeah. He was like a real. He was like a Russian immigrant scumbag who like just like just constantly stealing shit. I never met him. They were all those are people were all dead and gone long before I was born. But uh, heard some funny shit. Was his name wow. Oleg? <laughs> Frank. Ah, that would be my third guess. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, uh, it's the immigrant's name. It probably used to be Ivan or something. Who knows? Yeah. They're all the Boris. Other, They're all the Boris. Other, yeah. <laughs> so um, after we get this scene, we get to our boy Sam Axe. We finally get into some Sam Axe. I was Sam- going to be pissed if he wasn't showing up. Nope. Anymore. Sam Axe comes in hot. He comes in right away. and He talks about his guns of steel. Michael, yes. put me in, coach. He wants he wants this job, but uh, right. he, he can't have it. He's demeaning a little bit. Like we say, he's a little problematic because he's basically saying, you know, Fiona's like 90 pounds. Like, I'm, we need guns of steel. And it's like, Fiona is a fucking psycho. But see, that's the thing is like, I think that adds to the fact that we know that Sam Max is mostly just talking shit because we've all seen at the audience that Fiona fucks shit up. Like, so we know what he's saying is objectively untrue. We know it's just Sam Max just talking more shit like he likes to do. Right, because I will say, though, like, I did write down, like, Fiona has, like, negative body fat. Just, like, she's, like, a fucking gymnast pro. Like, she has, ridiculously yeah, shape. she's in outrageous shape, and, like, we're, we're going to probably get to that. But, like, I think uh, I think blue skirt Fiona is, like, my favorite Fiona look so far. She looked fantastic. She was looking hot. I agree. <laughs> really hot. I think one thing we've learned, though, that maybe the viewer knows more than, like you said, anybody on the show, but everybody who's alive on the show is alive because she allows them to be. A hundred percent. She could <laughs> end everybody in her path and Truly. not bat an eyelash. And she would still look good and like have that slight Miami sweat sheen and just, just walk away looking great about it. And also, she needs some yogurt, yeah. I loved, too, when... Um, when Michael Weston was leaving the car for uh, Sam there, he was like trying, he's like, Hey, if they have Dos Equis, like he's like trying to get beer order in. Of course. And he knows all the waitresses by name. He knows every way he, he always addresses a waitress by name. Every time he sees one, I, I think one was what? named Mary Posa in this episode. I swear to God, I would not be surprised. I expect every, he gives all the delivery to like waitresses and things as if there's the implication. He's calling them all toots. Like the way he says yeah, oh, it. Oh yeah, he, he wants to say toots. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> but at least he know he. But hey, to Sam Axe's credit, rather than doing that, he does learn their names. Yeah. Well, fair of enough. course, he learns their names because they probably get lower thirds in his life too. <laughs> hey, <laughs> nice. let me show you my lower third. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Which there is a there is a uh, uh, a little allusion to Sam Axe's dick later on in this episode as well. It's yes. wonderful. We we can't get through an episode of Burn Notice, and we absolutely can't get through an episode of Burn After Noticing without talking about Sam Max's penis. That's just the way it is. If dicks could kill. And <laughs> they certainly can. He's like, I might have retired from the spy business, but this dick ain't retired, baby. They certainly can. Folks, use protection. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we get... Um, where, where do we go here? We go from... We find out that he goes to meet with the uh, Colombian cartel. Is it Colombia, I think? I think they're Colombians, yeah. Yes. yes. 
So he's meeting with the, the guy who's basically blackmailing um, uh, the, the, uh, the waitress, Sarah, or Kara, sorry, Kara. And uh, he's basically trying to say, like, look, let's work some uh, deal out. And it's revealed. He's like, no, we're past that. Like, this thing's going to get resolved in probably, like, ten minutes. And it's it's revealed that by the time they finish their mimosas, right? Right. Yeah. Which you know, Colombian cartel drink, right? I'm fucking a fucking. That's a brunch drink. They were. I like, mean, look at the time of day. They were out there brunching. What are you gonna do? Sometimes you got to brunch. I, I guess so, but uh, you know, I guess he would have. I love the idea of like cartel guys like doing big business deals for like giant truckloads of cocaine over like chicken and waffles from some like gentrified restaurant <laughs> <laughs> called like yolk oh geez yeah with the with oh my god without an l so it's yep. just like yolk well it's called y-o-k yolk and uh brunch is 40 dollars yep <laughs> it's avocado toast and also um the toast is basically just a uh a loaf of bread that's been scooped out and filled with an entire avocado. It's deconstructed. Make, it's deconstructed. They're making heroin deals at like the Bloody Mary bar. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Toasted raviolis inside of it. Yes. So we're gonna we're gonna go over the border and it's gonna be fifty thousand a key. Does that sound good? Yeah, absolutely. Would you like some whole peppercorns? <laughs> yeah. uh, how spicy would you like your mix? Oh man, you gotta you gotta try this cheese. Right. So that'll be thirty million. Oh, can I have hollandaise, please? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gotta have Tabasco. Just like Tabasco. organizing hits against snitches over a charcuterie board. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, exactly. <laughs> do love a good charcuterie board, though. <laughs> so good. Don't they really know how to do it over here in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be doing over like some sort of shellfish, right? You get some nice scallops. Well, I was gonna say, like, he should have done a Bloody Mary because he could have had some fucking stupid joke about that. He's like, "Oh, this isn't the only blood gonna be spilled today." <laughs> That's something like they totally would do too. Stone crab Benedict. Oh, <laughs> stone. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, that ironically <laughs> sounds like it might be. I mean, I've. I mean, I had everything a... we've said sounds great. I love that shit. Listen, I'm, in, I'm on board. In New Orleans last year, I had a crab cake Benedict. Um, that was oh, just yeah. fantastic. Really That's great serious. stuff. That sounds good. good. Stuff. Okay, so we're all getting brunch after this, right? Yes. Yeah, for now, sure. Welcome to brunch chat. <laughs> <laughs> the brunch cast. <laughs> brunch welcome cast. to the brunch bunch. Brunch bunch. Oh, oh, shit. You just got the cut, name. Cut this part. We have an idea. <laughs> oh, God. I'm not drunk enough yet, and it's already fucking three. I need to load up on the bottomless mimosas. You know what? You know what? I got a better title. The Wild Brunch. Oh. oh damn. Sam Peckinpah over here. Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. So um, we get to that. So now Michael needs to devise... A plan to uh, to stop this guy from uh, from murdering the Dee uh, Dee Pfeiffer and her daughter. Right. So she he immediately alerts uh, 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 Fiona, and Fiona immediately like hangs up. She's like, "Got it." And She's like, so excited to kill people. She can't wait. She's <laughs> like, "Hell yeah! Are they coming for us? Let's fucking cock this gun." She's like, where's that liquor cabinet? And and where is my thigh holster? Of course, she's got a thigh holster. Of course, fucking Molotovs, two cars. The yeah, Molotovs right. are so good. <laughs> I forgot about that. She just straight up lights two gray goose Molotov cocktails. Just hot, just going top shelf bottle service Molotov cocktails. She doesn't have very good aim. She's not a great throw, to be honest. She does miss these cars, but it looks pretty cool. She sent a message, though. It was effective. She does send a message. They they uh, run off. And now Michael is going to uh, try to meet with the cartel lawyer to try to press him to uh, to get off of uh, D.D. Pfeiffer's back. So he flattens their tires. 
Hits him with a little Very spike Very MacGyver, strip. too. He's, a, he's the fucking MacGyver. He fucking spray paints a tire strip so it blends in with the road. Like, he doesn't even do it like a normal cop, like, uh, high-speed chase. He's, like, blend the camos it to the fucking street. That's that MacGyver shit. He, this show has a lot of MacGyver elements, and he has there's a couple MacGyver scenes in this one. This is definitely one Hardcore, of yeah. Coming Oleg out. is like, what are you doing? Why are you get spike? Is it the weapon? And he's like, you don't worry about it, man. You asked me to do this job. I'm going to fucking <laughs> do the job, man. Chill. <laughs> and he's like, is this accent too much? And uh, we're all we're all thinking yes, but he keeps doing it anyway. <laughs> he'll be he'll have an American accent by episode five, just like Fiona. <laughs> no, what if it's not even American? What if he just goes to like something? To, like, Michael, I'm South African now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like I'm as if I'm, I'm from Brisbane, I'm from Melbourne, <laughs> Melbourne. Oh man, <laughs> or just like hey, Michael, I'm uh, I'm from Chicago now. It's a uh, I'm the Chicago oh, landlord for you here. Uh, uh, I got some. Uh, if you could uh, get this girl back working in the bar for me, so she can serve the Polish sausage. Damn. I, I listen to a lot of Chicago, like local Chicago radio spots, and it's so good. Like local Chicago radio is great because all of the commercials and stuff all have like deep Chicago accents. It's pretty I wonderful. It. I love it. Yeah, it's a really the Chicago accent is a really great American accent. Well, I, I love it. I love to hear. I just it. hope he goes Fargo on us at some point. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that would be a good one. I mean, look, I'm Jeffrey Mikey Donovan Gunderson from two. Minnesota. Yeah, he, Donovan was in season two of Fargo. Oh we shit! <laughs> There's your crossover. Yeah, Boom. let's go. Yeah, we talked. I don't know if you were familiar with this, Turdsman, but um, there's like a huge. I don't know how huge it is, but there's people who want like a Dexter crossover with this show. So no maybe we shit. need to do a Fargo one. Oh, I'd watch all that. Oh, fan- yeah, absolutely. I would like to see like this show shot with like Dexter lighting and like everyone like a little bit extra sweaty and everything a little dark and a little more neon. Ooh, like Drive almost. Kind of like Drive, or like I think like Dexter stalking at night, like Miami at night scenes. Mm, okay. Like you know yeah, how they I'm do okay. everything like with the they like to like shoot everything from down low. They like to do a lot of like shadows and like a lot of like things like lit by like uh, dim neon. I'm just imagining Vice City now. Yeah, I mean, Ooh, yeah, we I, got we got to get some. Um, uh, what is it? Flock of Seagulls playing while he's cruising down. Man, I mean, but I mean, the score's never the score's undefeated, so you can't can't change that out. This is by the way, this is semi-related, but I know somebody. I just I just remembered this. Who I think it was like a PA or something on a movie or a TV show with uh, Donovan. Uh, Je- was it Jeffrey Donovan? Jeffrey Donovan. Really? Yeah. yeah apparently, he's a fucking asshole. Really? Oh, that oh, doesn't no. surprise me. I'm not. I know it's not that. I, when they told me that, I'm like, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's not the craziest thing in the world to me. No, definitely not crazy, but a little disappointing. It's a bummer, but uh, I mean, he's playing a, he's writing that line in this show. Oh yeah, I think again, not not people aren't really acting a whole lot in this show. They're just kind of like you know, Sam Axe is Bruce Campbell, and I feel like I I hope Gabrielle Anwar is as cool and horny in real life as she is on this show. She just seems like she'd be fun to hang out with. Plus, got that pretty sexy uh, British accent. Not sure. I mean, she's also like rich and British. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was actually just like looking her up during the uh, during the uh, record here, and it seems like she is married, and believe it or not, to a uh, a guy who was born in Miami, Florida, of all places. Oh man, you can you can take the girl out of burn notice, but you can't take the burn notice out of the girl. The legacy lives on. Yep. So, uh, 
All right. So he meets with this lawyer and for some reason thinks that this lawyer for the cartel is just going to do a deal with him if he fucking blows out his tires and starts making demands at him right away <laughs> and just doesn't seem to address like, oh, these people are definitely just going to have you killed too. I, my, my line is that cartel lawyer is definitely going to put the hit on Michael. Come on now. I wrote that in my notes. Verbatim. <laughs> yeah. If there's anything they respond to uh, in a good, positive, like obedient way. It's violence towards them. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I think that's going to work great. And he even says it. He's like, well, there's one of two things that can happen. And, like, obviously the other thing is going to fucking happen in this scenario, Michael. <laughs> like, they're already out to kill one person. You think they're not just going to fucking murk you, too? It's weirdly optimistic, like, though. I mean, yeah, he he's, again, Michael's confidence. He's always very confident in, in his in his trade craft. Uh, but we're going to find out that he's obviously wrong when uh, Pitbull comes to uh, kill him. <laughs> and Miss, Mr. Worldwide Mr. Worldwide <laughs> And Pitbull doesn't even really come into a factor Because uh, fucking Michael Weston disarms him Like immediately Yep and also he uh, He took out the car bombs Like uh, initial wiring The guy was going to blow him up with a car bomb But apparently when Pitbull was out recording Another music video or a Dr. Pepper commercial He uh, took the wiring out of the bomb so the bomb doesn't go off he kicks the dude's ass he puts the gun to his head then he puts the gun to his knee then he puts the gun to his head again he decides he's going to shoot him somewhere and he says nope we're just going to kill you which we all knew we all knew so now <laughs> so now michael goes back to dd pfeiffer and the daughter and fiona and says all right guys it's time to get out of here uh you're going to buffalo <laughs> and i love how the girl's like what are we going to do in buffalo and michael's just like same fucking thing you do here in Miami. <laughs> like, do you want to go to Salt Lake City where they think you're going to be? Either way, it's kind of, I mean, you're going to have to sacrifice something. No, but the good news is Buffalo and Miami are the exact same place. They're just alike. They're totally the same. That's true. So it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> so now uh, Michael needs Sam Axe's help. He calls Sam and says, Sam, we got to get there. We got to, because the girl sneaks out. She goes to the dance or she's going to go to the dance. Um, and Michael calls up Sam and says, Sam, I need you to get over here quick. And he says, all right, Michael, let me just put on some pants. Mm, those pants. <laughs> Michael Michael says, come on, come naked. And I, I wrote in my notes, yes, Sam, please come naked. I just wrote a little <laughs> smiley face next to mine. <laughs> eggplant emoji, eggplant emoji, eggplant emoji. <laughs> God, it would have been would have been a different show on HBO. <laughs> There's a very large ornery cat next to me. You right got a, Sorry. a cat? I haven't heard anything. You guys might hear a cat yell at me during some parts of this podcast. Apologies in advance. Oh, fair, fair enough. I'm I'm babysitting or cat sitting. I should. She is baby, but my my uh, friend's cat who is not nice and at all and despises me. It's a lot of fun. It kind of sounds like Fiona. Yeah, her and my cat are very hot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> but yeah, they're her and my my cat don't get along at all. It's a very hostile environment in my household this week, folks. Like, uh, it's weird. She somehow has an Irish meow. <laughs> yeah, and then she was well. Uh, she'd had an Irish meow, and then people said they didn't like it a whole lot, so she went back to an American one. The audiences oh, prefer that. <laughs> now it seems to be <laughs> testing great. Oh, good. So I just wanted to uh, go back really oh. quick too, because I wanted to talk about the, uh, the website that uh, she was on too, like when she was like switching over to like Utah or whatever. It was like the most mid '90s bullshit. Yeah. Oh, it, absolutely. It was it was so bad for a website in like 2007. It was like mailforwarders.com, and the interface looked like some kind of cartoonish ass 
I mean, I, I don't even I don't even know how to describe it. It, it, it. Seriously, we need to like throw up a picture on our social media because it's like I don't even think they use. It would be just like a post office website, right? Mailforwarders.com. Folks, are you tired of going to the post office? <laughs> also, I don't know if you guys caught the uh, the name of the street in Utah, but it was uh, Joseph Smith Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, to their credit, is absolutely the name of at least 12 streets in Salt Lake City. Yeah. But I, what I, you know what I like about it, though, is well, all of that, first of all. The fact that the interface looked like it was probably closer to like the original DARPA net than it was anything from 2007 but but also the fact that like the juxtaposition of she's doing the calm cool collected thing of i want that key as she's typing the thing and all the mob bosses or whatever are about to are like literally busting into the place and so that weird juxtaposition of like i'm an expert and i am good at what i do and don't worry i got this under control and then meanwhile the thing she ultimately does is leaves a piece of paper on the printer a piece right? of paper of the printout of the screen that you could have just left up anyway. Yeah, exactly. I guess. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. That, but I love, like, you. I mean, the, the bad guys were busting in, and Fiona was fucking busting in her pants at the prospect of committing violence <laughs> on them. So <laughs> The only thing that that scene needed was like an old dot matrix printer that she oh, was yelling yeah. over while talking to him. Something straight out of Return of the Oberdin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fiona would absolutely <laughs> use that to print a little middle finger on her way out. <laughs> a very pixelated middle finger. Pixelated middle finger, absolutely. <laughs> so we get that. Now um, Michael uh, gets to the, uh, dan- to the dance. He finds Sophie, and Sophie's like, oh, God, can't you just give me one day from, like, people trying to murder me? God, I just want to go to the dance with my boyfriend. I mean, until the murderers fucking show up and she changes real quick. Yep, she immediately, like, she changes her tune so goddamn quick when those fucking two Colombian hitmen run up on her. And they go running off, and Michael wants to find the wood shop. So they get to the shop class, and he starts MacGyvering some stuff up, <laughs> as he always does. Tells her, run, get out of here. And she's like, no, I'm scared. And he's like, run, I'll take them out. And he does the thing where he heats the one side of the doorknob so the guy gets burned. <laughs> There's a burn notice. Burn notice. Oh, hey, they did say burn notice. Um, so they said burn notice once. And also uh, there was a time earlier in the episode where <laughs> there was a part where they're talking uh, by the tree, uh, Michael and Fiona. And Fiona grabs a tree and she's like, what are you doing next when you find the people? And he's like, I'm going to find a people who put the burn. And he's saying it and she cuts him off. She cuts off the titular line. <laughs> nice. tease. Like you can't say it. They did say it later though. They they say the words burn notice in every single episode. And I hope they keep it keep it up. If they don't, I'm done with the show. For sure. So what, Michael they, yeah, they, sorry, they seem to say burn notice and some form of tactical analysis. Oh yeah, they like tactical stuff. I wrote some tactical stuff down because uh what did I say? Oh yeah, um when they when the safe house was in the garage, I was, I said uh tactically making women stay in the garage. <laughs> Also, uh, Michael's doing tactical carpentry, and it nice. made me think about like, what if uh, Michael Weston went on to do like a tactical home improvement show on HGTV, where they would like uh, buy houses for boomers and like fix them up like with a bunch of tactical gear and Blue Lives Matter shit, and then just like resell them to like the dumbest maga chuds in the oh, world. Oh God! Just for like really, yeah, for like like sell them to like doomsday prep assholes. Oh Jesus! <laughs> that would be very popular. That show. Flip this tactical house. <laughs> That would be the number one show on Fox News, guaranteed. The tactical- Can you help make my house great again? The tactical oh, God, that would be the name. That would totally be the name. <laughs> oh, man, fantastic. 
That's yeah. So we got all that. We got all <laughs> kinds of tactics. Um, Michael saves the day, beats up some dudes. He uh, restrains them and locks up their guns, and then just like leaves them in a school. That's a safe so, place for the guns, know, right? <laughs> left them. He just left them in a school. That with didn't age guns well. nearby. <laughs> that did not age well. So yeah, that's that's real great. Um, so Michael saves the day apparently, and we're just gonna let them go. He goes out and finds Sophie and this. Josh, you wanna you wanna tee up this scene for us? Oh man, so this is the tear jerking moment, right? You know we. We we finally see Michael Weston. Uh, he he reunites with Sophie uh, outside after he's disarmed the two hitmen, and he's basically like, uh, "What's going on? Like, what's going on?" And then she's basically crying, like, "Oh, I've been, you know, like I I, I just wanted to go to this dance. I've got this boyfriend." And he's like, a boyfriend? Like, he didn't understand that. And it's not really her boyfriend, as she says. Like, she's like, well, I don't know. It could have been my boyfriend. And he's just, like, kind of breaking down because he's like, oh, you know, I've kind of been rude to her. She's been rude, but, I mean, she has been going through a bunch of stuff. Not everybody, not everybody is a super crack spy like Michael Weston. They all have feelings, too. And so this is, like, the first time that he really kind of understands that and starts to basically kind of offer his kind of advice but in a very heartfelt way finally a good music like this is like the probably the first time that the music cue has actually matched the mood of the scene not consistent (laughs) but still pretty pretty it worked it worked yeah like they very easy could have been like like, or something like but nope they kept it with the with the somber music and there have been some scenes where yakety sax would have been a better choice than what they actually went with I mean, I'm a, pro- I'm a huge proponent of Yakety Sax. Um, you too. can play Yakety Sax over just about anything. It'll get me. Um, on my Twitch stream, I frequently play Yakety Sax over wrestlers being injured. Um, oh, it's always fun, especially <laughs> when it's like shitbags like Enzo Amore getting concussed and you play you play Yakety Sax over it. It's really good times. Uh, so, yeah, that never <laughs> goes wrong for me. They could have played Yakety Sax here, and it probably still would have connected with me because, again, it was a really good scene. So Michael starts telling her a story about when he was in Dublin doing some work um and the job went the job went south everything went to shit and uh, and he had to bug out he had to get out of there and he only had an hour to leave the country and he didn't have a chance to notify the contact that he had gotten in with at where at the ira baby oh God, Woo! So I, we find out that fiona's old job was the motherfucking ira I mean, it explains a lot honestly so like now there's a lot more context to like who fiona is as a person knowing that she was a goddamn terrorist i mean it certainly explained <laughs> a lot about her character i mean the perfect and perfect let me just say story. hell yeah yeah hell yeah exactly it it made her accent make more sense absolutely everything a lot of things made more sense about <laughs> fiona after we find out that she was michael's former ira contact and that they had been quote involved romantically and yeah so he had to leave her as suddenly and his story really and, and and i thought it was well acted and they both did a good job like kind of conveying that they've connected with each other over this kind of shared life experience and it gets to her and he you know finally like he tries like consoling her and he's and she says so if it's meant to be then it'll happen later or we'll find each other right and he's like uh, he, and he realizes that he's like having a real emotional moment and immediately turns it back off and is like sure 
<laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, that's kind of just what his character has been for the most part. I think that's why we like, like, Bruce Campbell's character. Not only just because he's Bruce Campbell, but because he has, actually has, like, a personality. And, like, Michael Weston is just like, uh, 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 emotion. He's like, a, he's like a fucking robot. Like, he was made in a laboratory is what he has. He's fucking a lab rat. Yeah, human emotions make him feel very uncomfortable. He's like the less suave spot. This is just a like recycled line lines Weston, all the time. <laughs> I'll have what he's having. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that just happened. Check, please. <laughs> but no, this was this was genuinely like the the most the the, the most weighty and emotional and, and I'd say probably best scene of the whole series, honestly. Uh, and she goes, you're really bad at this. And he goes, yeah, I know. And like, it, there was really, yeah, it, it was good. It was good stuff. Um, and then we immediately get to another goofy music cue. Like, right well, after. it wouldn't be burn notice if we didn't have that. So I'm glad they kind of went back. <laughs> well, you know what? Yep, I will say. For sure. To your, to your point, though, like that, that is the the best distillation of his character in, in any bit of dialogue, you know, any scene that, that I've seen, you know, of the show. It was really effective. Yeah, absolutely. I think it shows that, like, one thing that they've shown us on camera is that Michael does really try hard to, like, help people and do the right things. He just is genuinely uncomfortable doing it and, like, is constantly working to cope with the fact that, like, deep down inside, he really wants to do the right thing. He just, like, it's it just feels like it's he's posting cringe, bro. Like, he just, <laughs> he, he, every time he does something nice, he thinks he's posting cringe on the timeline. Yeah, I was like, uh, okay, Boomer. Oh, yas. Oh. Yas queen. You gotta, Turdsman, we gotta watch out for those slurs on the podcast. Oh, that's oh, true. Yeah, I might have those to bleep. ableist slurs. I might have to bleep, bleep that out later. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll make my blurs, my blurs great again. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, after that, they kind of start wrapping up the episode, right? And they're trying to, like, get rid of the cartel boss guy. And so they, they kind of formulate a plan to, and it's kind of ahead of its time because this is, uh, you know, 2007 and everything, but they uh, kind of splice his audio together. And they kind of deep fake him, like we're in, like, the future, even though it's, you know, not the best quality, but it's essentially they deep fake his voice to get, like, a weird confession. Yep, we did. We do early deep fakes, the original deep fakes um, in 2007 with the the kind of video camera I would use to like shoot skate videos in middle school. Yeah, and it was like lame, like flash website soundboard quality. It wasn't even like a very good dub of it. Yeah, I'm I'm sure it sounded great and was perfect and very believable. And then we get to another elaborate scheme. So he uh, put he gets the he makes the fake tape uh, that looks like the cartel guy is trying to cut a deal for witness protection. He then gives it to Sam Axe, who gives it to the feds, who give it to their bosses. And then the lawyer calls his contacts at the feds to verify this false information that Michael planted and then got it verified because of the fake video, which then led to the cartel guy getting put into a trunk and like fucking assassinated. That or like tortured later on. Did I get everything there? Did I miss something? Yeah, but the voiceover was very raw. Oh, absolutely. Like he was like, yeah, so oh. there was there was it was much wittier than I could have ever said it because it is Michael <laughs> Weston after all. Well, not even yes. that. They're like watching this and like Fiona and them are like literally watching this right now. And she's probably getting like super fucking horned up right now watching him getting hurt. I got a verbatim line from my notes for you here. Josh. Oh, boy. All right. <laughs> I wrote, this is actually pretty fucked up. And Fiona is horny for it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yeah. 
Like that's like you gotta remember, this is the cartel we're talking about. They're uh, they're gonna do really, really bad things to that guy. Yeah, they're gonna like waterboard him or like fucking pry fingernails. And, and like, shit. yeah, I mean, to his credit, he's a piece of shit. But like, man, it's fucked up, dude. Like, that's some real like he all like this is not the first time Michael has done some like horrible shit for retribution though. In the pilot, he had somebody sent to a fucking black site. Well, yeah, well, even the guy in episode two, like, he was like psychologically tortured. Like, he made everybody, he made him so fucking paranoid. He was like, can't trust any. Anybody. he was like freaking out he's like destroying all these people's lives it's pretty funny actually oh yeah it does that too so we have cia black site we have uh paranoid uh mental destruction and uh, mental health attacks and uh now we have murdered by cartel on top of that i mean you have fiona is a psychopath absolutely she does she wants to murder everyone and or fuck them maybe before after doesn't seem to matter to her but everything including the attainment of a key gets her super fucking horny and meanwhile we have the revelation of she's a member was a member former member of the ira which one would think means she'd be quieter than ever but she is she has a recklessly just loves danger and doesn't give a fuck she definitely does not give a fuck. It's yeah. I mean, I mean, again, that's what I think was so interesting about this little anecdote that Michael tells. It does so much for the character progression and this entire show's story. Right. It shows us Michael's kind of still like reason that that Fiona's the one that got away and he's still apprehensive. It shows us kind of some of his vulnerabilities and his character motivations. It shows us Fiona's motivations and her past and kind of explains how she is and, and what she's about. Like, like then that like one minute of dialogue, they did more for the development of this show than like almost the other three episodes combined. A lot of character development, Absolutely. but still Michael Weston does not fuck Fiona. Like, come on. No, he does not. And to to Turdsman's point when he said the you know the key made her horny because it's what the key symbolizes. That is the for her, that is the key to Michael Weston's fucking chastity belt. I mean Yeah. Yeah, it, it, you feel like it's just gonna drag on for the whole season, maybe like even further into the seasons. That's right. It's gotta happen, right? I mean they're 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 definitely building to this. I'm gonna it's gonna be a fucking cathartic moment. Michael is gonna nut so hard. I'm gonna you guys. Nut so Jesus. Hard. No, I mean, I hope we get to do it this month so we can break that no nut November tradition. I mean it's a question of is is that yogurt? Oh, <laughs> oh. oh but Michael Weston seems like a no fap kind of guy too. He seems that way. Oh yeah, he definitely does not jerk off because it thinks he gives him spy power. Gotta have the mind clear. <laughs> When when Sam acts is the opposite, he's like Michael. You have to come before you do a great job. Get the I need out, my edge. Yeah, jizz, <laughs> Michael. It's good for you. All right, so we get we get we get one little we get our little end stinger that always gives us like a little bit of development um, for the show. This kind of a, becoming a recurring theme as well is like the last couple minutes are like exclusively for uh, for storyline development for the next episode and and beyond. So he visits the dad's grave. He takes he he listens to his mom. He drives the very quickly restored charger. That thing got detailed. Looks nice real quick. He must have stopped at a real good shop. Uh, got a nice detail. Got a little wax. Yeah, but like, how is he affording this? Like, he's still not making any money, right? Well, he's got four months of free rent now. So he does have four months of free rent. So, so far, so far, his payoffs have been, what, uh, $2,500 from David Zayas in, in the pilot, right? And no, yeah, he says yeah. keep it. He gives the money back. Yeah, so exactly. nothing. Nope. And, uh, right. 
And then it's like 400 or so, 300, something like that. From he gets 300 bucks. Yeah. He says, yeah, he specifically says I did that for job for 300 bucks. And now he got four months of free rent for, for this one. Well, yeah, but he's, Which, like, he's like getting the rent, but it's like, he's still not making money. Like he, he's not, there's no income. Well, he's got his mom's purse. Um, oh, right. He just, yeah. He, just, he hits up his mom for bar. He hits up his mom for bar money. We've already established that. He's already said that he's hit up his mom for bar money. Well, didn't they say that the rent was $200 a month? Yeah, because it's yeah. something like that. The rent is like yeah. real cheap because he lives above that bar. Okay, yeah. So he he gets to the grave. He's like, uh, you know, thanks, thanks, pop. Yeah, he tries to have like a like a nice moment. Then he's still like, yeah, you kind of suck too, though. And uh, then his Egyptian buddy, who he's been tracking down, like his little spy friend from the beginning of the episode, comes back and he delivers on the information he promised to give Michael, which is, uh, it's like a one sheeter, uh, from the justice department about the burn notice on him. Is that right? Yeah. It's almost like a press release. It's almost like a press release, but it's like, yeah, just like information of like, um, you know, Michael Weston is no longer a viable asset to the CIA. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're burning him, yada, 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 but it doesn't really like give names or anything. Right. But they don't actually say why he's burned, right? There's still no reasoning behind it and there's still no who, and Michael says, all I have is a case number and an operation name. And I wrote the operation name down. It's Cold Sunshine. Mm. That's kind of fun. Operation Cold Sunshine is what got Michael burned. It sounds like a, uh, like a code name for the next PlayStation. Yep. <laughs> Hideo Kojima's Cold Sunshine. Oh, yeah, just like, uh, just like Death Stranding. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm very excited to play Death Stranding at some point. Oh, yeah, I've, been, I've played it for like five hours yesterday. It was, uh, it's been pretty good. That's awesome. I'm missing a lot of my favorite Twitch streams because everybody's playing it on stream and I don't want to see any of it until yep. I actually play the thing. Yep, so. I was avoiding That's it. That's me towards the internet and Parasite at this point. Yeah, same oh. too. I want I, I couldn't uh, listen to Struggle Session because they were do, they did that Bong Joon-ho yep. episode and I want to watch Parasite same. first. Yep, I, uh, I abstained for that for Bong the same reason. rules, you guys. Okja I watched really two me. of his movies yesterday. Nice. Which ones? Uh, I rewatched uh, Memories of Murder, which is amazing, and I watched The Host. Ooh. They're amazing. Nice. He's, God, he's good so good. Stuff. And by the way, they have that um, Snowpiercer TV show coming out like early next year. Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. Hell yeah, love to see it. Um, hopefully, we'll get some more stuff available for Twitch watch parties. I know some of us on Twitch would love to do more of that, and I know we'll get into that uh, once we finish this episode. So we, we're at the end. He gets the thing. He can't call his buddy anymore. He gets the burn notice, and now we, we have a little more information, and we are ready for next week. And uh, yeah, would you say like this episode kind of made you more invested or more uh, looking forward to the next episode and keep watching? Much more, much more invested. Now that we have some depth between uh, Fiona and Michael, I'm excited to know more about uh, what happened with Fiona and Michael, what their relationship was like prior. I'm excited for Fiona to just do more completely unhinged shit. Like if we're just going to keep having Fiona just be chaos Fiona all the time sign me the fuck up and I actually had a question for you turdsman uh, because you're our guest um, and you're not obligated to go and watch it any further but do you think you're going to watch more of burn notice uh, will I be on another episode of this show I mean yeah we, I mean we'd love to have you you're always welcome absolutely well then, then I'd watch it no. okay. it's, I mean, <laughs> it look I, I do like the show and I think um, I think this I feel like this episode because I, I did see the other two is kind of to me like it was the best complete episode of TV they've done. Um, from like they have a through, yeah, where they have a through line with the key that was introduced and then resolved. They have the, you know, the 
the issue of the week he has to resolve. The whole burn notice thing, the titular burn notice, did feel like an afterthought because, like, it literally is the last thing in the episode of like, oh yeah, here's this piece of paper. We'll deal with that next time. Yeah. You know, like it. It felt very like we got to move, keep pushing that ball along, even though it's kind of always in the background. I don't know. I just thought it was. Uh, it it this feels like what the show will continue to be. I honestly hope you're right because yeah, you're right. This was the most complete episode that I think we've seen over the over the three that we've watched so far for this podcast. And uh, if this is what they're building towards, it's funny because you know, I think there's a little bit of irony that came into this, of course, and a little bit of fun. But I can see where the fans like are getting invested in this show as it goes along, and I like. You know, this is the genuinely good character development I was really hoping for because I do like like these characters on a surface level and want them to be interesting, especially Fiona and Sam X. I mean, yeah, Sam X is the only reason I'm still kind of interested in the show. I like seeing him and it's just, yeah, but for me, I mean, it's it's fine. It's definitely exactly what I expected. It's just like one of those, you know, shows you put on in the background while you're, you know, looking to do other things. It's just... It you know basic you know formulaic USA um, characters welcome type show exactly exactly what I was thinking it was going to be. Well, Monday Night Raw is only three hours, and they have twenty one other hours to program each week on USA Network. So you have to welcome a lot of characters. Yeah, somebody somebody's got to be on that network. The characters are welcome. Don't I don't want you to not. We are a character inclusive environment. This is a safe space for characters. Right, character. Yeah, they're basically a protected class here on USA. Characters are all welcome here. Yeah, bring them in. We we love them all. Hug yep. them all. Characters saved. <laughs> exactly. So um, let's rate the episode. Let's do it out of 10 thigh holsters. Oh, sorry. Uh, we didn't do this last episode. We did not rate last episode. I'm sorry for not rating the last episode. Um, if you would have rated last episode, Josh, how many, what would, would have been your, uh, your token for, for episode the, rating? The to- oh, so like what, we, what it would be out of, like out of how many whatevers? Yeah, yeah. What would have been your... I, I guess uh, uh, probably, like, probably Sam X boxers. Yep. I, yep. I, yeah, I would have said, I said uh, 10 dick imprints. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, out of how many same, carbonite same we talked about carbonite dick imprints a lot so i would have said out of 10 carbonite dick imprints or i would have said out of 10 uh lobsters of chaos well, i guess out of 10 <laughs> dick imprints or whatever i think i would maybe probably last week i'd probably go a seven it felt like a seven to me at least i think yeah we went with sevens i think uh i think even last week might have even been like a six um but this episode let's have you guys rate. so let's go out of 10 thigh holsters uh, I mean, I've, uh, for me, I, I, honestly, I'd say nine. I feel like they, I feel like they, they are in the third episode. I feel like they really understand the strengths of the show, what works, how kind of the pacing of it, and kind of. I, I feel this episode feels very confident, way more confident, kind of than you would have in the first episode or two, where you're trying to establish your characters, try to figure out how much of you know, kind of get the mixture right of everything, and. I don't know. I, I think this feels like they got a lot of momentum. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Very well said. Uh, I guess for me, I, out of the thigh holsters, I'd probably go like a, probably like an eight and a half, maybe eight and a half thigh holsters. I definitely think it's the best one so far. I think maybe I, I wouldn't give it the nine distinction only because Sam X wasn't in it uh, for as long as I probably want. And as I said before, he's going to be the whole fucking reason I'm enjoying this show probably. So, you know, a nine with more of him because it was good, but I think I'll settle on an eight and a half. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I think, I think an eight is right for me. There's, you know, it, it did all the things I wanted it to do from, you know, from the standpoint of my expectations were different. And, you know, like when you DM me and said that there was a real touching moment in this episode, I was really like, how, how and why and what, <laughs> what is it going to be? Like I was racking my brain, like, what are they going to do? That is the touching moment. And it was in a way I didn't necessarily expect, but I thought was very well done. So yeah, I think I think an eight for all of those reasons and a perfect episode. Yeah, just just requires more Sam X and uh, Michael to finally get his nut off. That's my ten. My my ten comes um, when we get uh, full frontal nude Sam X or when Michael Weston gets the, laid. The minute that happens, I'm telling you, my sexuality for both gets burnt. Hey, <laughs> we love to hear it. Well done. Fantastic. Stupid. <laughs> oh man. Well. I think that's probably as good a time as any to get out of here. <laughs> Let's plug some stuff. Turdsman, how would you like to plug some things? Go ahead, oh, please. Oh, yeah. How can I follow up with that? The uh, Yeah, um, at Inquisitive Dick, weirdly appropriate uh, at name, uh, on Twitter. <laughs> uh, I also do a uh, podcast with my friend Denard, the link of which is on the at Inquisitive Dick page. And that's uh, our podcast, uh, Excitable Gentlemen, which is us, us doing pop culture basically talking about whatever and we do that infrequently but we do do it so look out for that every you know one time a year probably but um that's it for me please go follow inquisitive dick on twitter so you can get those annual notices of when that pod's coming out for sure absolutely and you can uh you can find me at uh shake and bakey that's shake n little letter n and bakey uh, but you can also find burn more burn notice content at our uh, Twitter handle, which is uh, from. Oh, sorry, that's our other show. My bad. <laughs> um, you can find uh, our uh, email. I should start with that at burnafternoticing at gmail dot com. Um, our Twitter account, not the other Twitter account of thine that I created today, and it's on my brain. It's kind of why I was saying that is um burn after noticing or it's burn notice pod sorry jesus christ my brain's all over the fucking place today burn notice pod at uh at the twitter that's right burn after noticing at gmail.com uh we're active there you can also find us at twitter at burn notice pod uh you'll get updates on the show you'll get some uh, random uh, me shit posting about uh, the cia and jack ryan who um i will challenge to the death which um we're not going to officially announce this, but when Twitch watch parties gets a little more fleshed out, we're going to have some fun stuff coming up in that. So you can find me on Twitch at Thick Flare. That's two C's, no K. Thick Flare on Twitch. You can find me on Twitter at Thick Flare TTV. Um, a little more wrestling focused stuff there for your wrestling fans. Um, I also have a Discord where we talk about the pod and wrestling and all kinds of other stuff. Uh, you can get links uh, through my Twitch stream or through my Twitter for that. And thank you again, Turdsman, for appearing on the show. We'll definitely have to have you on a later episode, and I would actually love if you we, we're going to get you in, like, season six or something and have you go in totally blind after not watching any of the rest of the series. Yeah, I think that's a lot of fun. Um, one of our future guests, um, a.k.a. Chris P., uh, asked me if it's funnier if he doesn't watch any of the show prior to the only episode we make him watch, and I said, absolutely. A hundred percent. So, uh, yeah, that's the way, uh, I, the less you know about burn notice, I think the more fun we can have, but I'd like to have some experts on in the future too. I would love to not have to watch another show <laughs> and then watch, right? watch the one and then roll out of bed and talk about it while having no concept of what's happening. Well, you have come to Perfect. the right place, Terrence, but thank you so Perfect. much for being our first guest for coming on. I had, a, this was fun, man. That was a great time. 
Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. It was fun. Absolutely. We love it. Thank you all for listening, uh, listening multiple times. Uh, please come back next week when we're going to have episode four. And uh, yeah, we love you. Don't get burned. Don't get burned, as always. And uh, and thank us again to Buzzcast for uh, uh, letting us be on their network. Thank you, Buzzcast. Buzz, buzz. Buzz, buzz. Buzz, buzz. <laughs>